Hi, this is Ashley, and this is School and Life, a weekly podcast about life, love, and occasionally libations. This week in Mentor Moment, we're talking negotiating a salary offer. One of my favorite things to talk to women about is money. And obviously, as a career coach, one of the most challenging things that women have presented to me around advancing their career is how to successfully negotiate a salary offer. So in my Mentor Me programs, I offer my mentees very specific and strategic strategies around how to interview well, and of course, how to successfully negotiate the offers as they come in. And so I wanted to walk listeners through a negotiation script of how they can successfully negotiate offers as they come in. So the the first step in negotiating a salary offer is to know that everything is negotiable. Let me repeat that everything is negotiable. So whether you want more money or more time off or childcare, or you want them to pay for your internet or a travel fund, you want professional development, you want a certain laptop, you want to negotiate materials or technology, right? Everything is negotiable. And I think the failure of many negotiations is that women are often only asking for one thing, you know, like they're literally thinking just about maybe the money, but they're not thinking about the benefit. They're not thinking about the negotiating their start date or time off. And so it doesn't really, they're not positioning themselves as a confident or comprehensive negotiator. So the thing that you want to make sure that you're thinking about is everything that you would want to negotiate. Again, in my Mentor Me programs, I kind of walk you through a series of about 36 different things you could negotiate and how to do each of them successfully. But as you're thinking about that, the first thing you want to talk about when you're negotiating is to help the employer understand that you're excited about the opportunity to join their team and share your expertise with them, right? So, you know, I think that sometimes when we approach a negotiation, we're like, I've got to be firm. I've got to be you know, rigid, right? And I think that it's important to be direct and ask for what you want, but it's also important to let the organization know that you are excited about joining their team and this negotiation is just one step toward that. The second thing you want to do is you want to identify all the things that you'd like to negotiate. Like I said, maybe it's start date, maybe it's materials, maybe it's benefits, maybe it's salary, but all of those should be outlined in writing back to the employer and outlined in writing like via an email. Never negotiate over the phone or discuss it in detail over the phone. You always want to put that that negotiation in writing. And as it relates specifically to a salary negotiation, you want to make sure that you're centering your expertise as the rationale for asking for the salary increase, right? So I think sometimes people are like, well, because of the economy or because I've got six kids or because of this or that, like none of that has anything to do with why the employer would offer you more money in a salary negotiation. It needs to be given my extensive expertise with blank, 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 I will bring a wealth of knowledge to this organization, thus a salary of X reflects the value that I would bring related to this position, right? So that's the script, that's the framework, and we want to make sure that it's based on our expertise. For more strategies on successfully negotiating salary offers or anything related to money and career, feel free to reach out to me directly on our website at mentor-me.org. That's M-E-N-T-O-R-me.org. 
So this week in I Digress, I'm thrilled to invite a guest to the School on Life podcast. This week, we have Ruth Agbloso, the CEO and founder of Women's Financial Empowerment Group. Ruth is a financial coach and expert in helping women be empowered through finances. And I'm excited to talk to her about all things money and helping our audience build wealth and thrive financially. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. It's great to be here. Yes, I'm so thrilled to chat with you, and I'm excited to dive into the work that you do to help this audience think more strategically about money. So you say that the mission of your organization is to help women improve their financial situations by applying basic financial principles. Can you share two or three of those basic financial principles that you're, you know, that you know that it's really important for women to have? Well, definitely the B word that a lot of people don't want to hear. Budget, but not just budgeting, having a budget that actually works for them, because a lot of times people get thrown off course because they're trying to budget in a way that someone else told them to do or something that they saw on the Internet. And then it doesn't really align with their lifestyle. So budgeting is a big deal. Everybody should have some sort of budget and it look it may look different for everyone other than budgeting, being sensible about our spending. I mean, obviously, we want all the things, but. We can't have all the things all the time. So it goes in line with the budgeting, but also when you're creating the budget, you have to keep in mind like what's sensible, what's reasonable to have in that budget. Um, So those are two things that I definitely look at. I'm not the sort of coach that will tell you like skip the lattes, (laughs) but figuring out where does the latte fit in with your overall plan is what I'm all about. Yeah, I really love that. Like some harmony between a a budget that works for you, that's, you know, customized and defined to you as the spender of said budget and then spending, right? Being mindful of your spending, being thoughtful of your spending, not cutting out, you know, those simple joys, but being intentional about spending in a way that isn't overindulgent, I think is what I heard you say. So I want to talk more about this idea of a budget. In one of your recent videos, you talked about understanding your financial situation. And in my review of the video, it kind of sounded like a financial audit. Can you talk a little bit about the steps to understanding your financial situation and kind of walk us through what we would need to do to kind of understand where we are individually financially? Sure, I can do that. So yes, it is an audit. And I also talk in other places about becoming the CEO of your finances. So look at it as a business. So first of all, you want to know your numbers. You want to know how much money you're bringing in. A lot of us, we have money coming in from different ways as high achieving women. We have money coming from our regular jobs and a business, a side hustle, but it's important to know actually how much money you're bringing in. So that would be the first step. And then you also want to know how much money has to go out. So what are your expenses? You have to be really clear on that because money goes faster than it comes, doesn't it? (laughs) So you want to make sure that you know exactly what you have to pay out. And then you also want to know what are those things that may not be regular expenses, but they're somewhat regular. So they could be like bi-monthly or yearly, and you want to keep those also in mind. to get started. So knowing your numbers is the number one step. 
because not knowing your numbers or kind of like saying, oh, it's about this or about that is one of the things that throws women off course when it comes to setting a budget and just knowing their total financial picture. Yeah. Did I answer so, the question? Yeah. Something? Okay. yeah, absolutely. You totally answered the question. And as you were talking, it, it kind of goes back to the first question I asked around like those basic financial principles. So what it sounds like is you take the basic financial principles of like understanding, you know, building a budget that works for you and then thinking about your spending. And then as you audit your financial situation that you use those same principles to do the audit, right? So you're kind of going through like how much money is coming in. You're thinking about how much money has to go out and that helps you build appropriate categories to kind of understand your financial situation. Is that accurate? Yes, that's definitely true. Good. So next I want to go into saving, right? I remember, and I've talked very publicly about, you know, really struggling with financial literacy and in my mid twenties, really drowning in credit card debt. I had nearly $20,000 in credit card debt and just saw literally no way out of it. I had to change my entire perspective on money. I had to, you know, really, like you said, think about how much money was coming in, really focus on debt reduction. And finally I got to a place where I could save, but I never felt like I was saving enough. I would hear, you know, different financial advisors talk about this idea of an emergency fund, but they were like three to six months of like, you know, your annual, you know, your monthly expenses. I'm like, that just seems so out of reach for me. Can you talk about, you know, how women should approach the emergency fund and maybe a calculation or a formula or a framework that women can use to start to build and 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 really own an emergency fund. Okay, yes, I can. So, yes, most experts recommend 3 to 6 months saved in your emergency fund and that's that's beautiful. The purpose of that is to make sure that you have some wiggle room like between jobs and things like that. Honestly, in my program, I teach that you should have at least a year to 2 years. But I also say you have to start small. So if you're thinking of big picture, oh my gosh, three to six months, well, geez, if you're having a hard time and you're struggling right now, it's gonna it's gonna paralyze you because you're gonna think, there's no way, like <laughs> I'm hardly making it right now. So I say start small, start with a goal, start with say you start with a goal of 500 a month, putting away 500 a month in your emergency in your emergency fund, right? So obviously 500 a month is not going to take care of everything, but it's a start. So you want to, first of all, have your big picture number. So say if you want like $15,000 to be in that emergency fund, then you'll break it down and see, well, okay, how many, how much do I need to put away per month in order to get to that goal? And you just chip away at it. So maybe at first you don't have the 500, right? But you know that 500 would get you there by January, 2005. 2024. Sorry. You want to make sure that at least you're starting. You have a number that you're starting with, even if it's not your target, and then you build up. So as you build up, you build up momentum. You see that that account is growing until you have your first goal met, which 
could be that month, having a month worth of expenses. So you just keep on working at it little by little until you see it build up. Because if there's an emergency, it's better to have something saved up than nothing at all. So if you get stuck on, oh man, I need to have three to six months and I don't have that. And then you're going to really put yourself in a position where you're really uncomfortable and you may lose heart. I see it all the time where people just give up because it's just too big. So I always recommend cutting things down into bite-sized pieces, work on those little pieces and you work up to it. And believe it or not, you don't even feel it after a while because you get so used to it. It's like exercising. You get so used to putting away those little chunks that build up that you don't even feel it after a while. Yeah, I love that. The idea of like breaking it down into smaller chunks, maybe automating your savings so you're not seeing the money and then just knowing that it is achievable and attainable, even though it might have to be bite-sized. That's really good feedback, Ruth. So the last sort of question or just kind of perspective I'm interested in you offering is that as a career coach, you know, my job is to help women make more money and have more impact in their career. But sometimes in my work with women, you know, when I'm, you know, talking them through, you know, the 15, 30, $50,000 salary increases that they want, it's hard for them to even conceptualize that they're being underpaid and overworked, that, that they could earn more money using the skills, talent, and expertise that they already have. Any money mindset strategies or mindset perspective shifts that you like to invite women into, particularly as it relates to earning more money to help them reach their financial goals? Well, that's a very good question. I actually gave a talk on this on Wednesday night about limiting beliefs. And that is an example of having a limiting belief. If you believe that you're not going to be able to make that amount or you can can't ask for that amount or or such. So it's important to do the mindset work before you go in, you know, and it's it's not just telling yourself, oh, I can make this money or, oh, I'm worth it, but also look at you, the data. You know, what do you have to offer to this company? Just knowing your worth, what you bring to the table. And that doesn't mean your worth as in you as a person, but the value of the work that you bring to the table, keeping that in mind and telling yourself, this is what I offer. What I offer is worth this amount. Put it down on paper, write it down, repeat it. This is how much I should I should be paid. This is what I deserve to be paid. And continue to say that and rehearse it in your mind because what you say to yourself, you actually hear it. And by hearing it, you start to believe it. So you want to work on your mind. It's sort of like <laughs> brainwashing yourself. But to be honest, it's it's the truth. It's what you deserve, but it, it can be very intimidating, particularly when you go to a company and they're like, well, we have a budget and, you know, and, and they're going to give you all the ands and the buts and whatever. And so you have to be sure before going in of what you have to offer and be able to show it to them and say, this is what I have to offer and it's worth this amount and this is what I want to get. So, but you have to do the work beforehand and work on your mind and get yourself to that point where you can see it and you believe it and you can say it without feeling shaky about it. Yeah. I love that. Like telling yourself the truth, right. And leveraging data to inform that truth so that you can really get out of any limiting beliefs around how much money you can earn in your career. Ruth, how can my audience stay connected with you? How can they learn more about you and your work? 
Awesome. So I'm all around in these social media streets, <laughs> as they would say. You can see me on Facebook at Women's Financial Empowerment Group or on Instagram at Women's Financial Empowerment GRP. And if you're interested in just seeing me to figure out where you are financially and get some things in place, you can book a call with me at HTTPS. Nice to put that in there for some reason. RuthGConsulting.com backslash schedule. And you can actually just go ahead and schedule a time where we could sit down. It's a free call and talk about where you are, where you want to be, and how we can fill in that gap so that you can build wealth and leave a legacy. I love that. Ruth, thanks so much for joining us on School and Life. So thrilled to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. So thrilled to have Ruth share her expertise here. And we're going to wrap up this week's episode with TVT. And this week I'm talking Unprisoned, a new show on Hulu. So this TV show, Unprisoned, inspired by Tracy McMillan's life, is a half-hour comedy about a messy but perfectionist relationship between a therapist and single mom and her father who was recently released from prison. This TV show stars one of my faves, Carrie Washington, I will literally watch Carrie Washington do anything. I don't, I will watch her brushing her teeth. Like I do not care. I'll watch her do anything. And Delroy Lindo, who is like a comedic genius in my eyes. The series is produced by Onyx and I have watched the series in full. It is hilarious. You know, I think it's heartfelt and I think it's really honest and earnest about what people experience, you know, in their own internal mindsets and lives about since feelings of abandonment or feelings of, you know, trust or mistrust, as well as it talks about, you know, the, what it looks like and the challenges of re-entering society, if you will, after being prisoned. And so definitely think it's worth the watch. Again, like I said, I will watch Tracy or I will watch Carrie Hilson do anything. Tracy McMillan as an author is, you know, top two and not number two in my eyes when it comes to fiction. And I just really think that it is a beautiful, beautiful story. Eight episodes on Hulu. Interested to know, Ruth, have you seen Unprison? No, I haven't, but I've seen it advertised. So I will definitely want to check it out. Yes, I would recommend it. It's a quick watch. It's a fun watch. And I think that, you know, when you talk, we talked about mindset and money and, and, you know, financial literacy and wellness and strategies. I think all of those things come up in the show. So I definitely think that you would get a lot out of checking it out. So if you check out Unprisoned, make sure that you hit us up on the School and Life podcast Instagram and let us know that you're watching. Let us know if you loved it. And if you're as big of a fan of Carrie Washington as I am, let me, let me know there. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of School and Life. School's out. Class dismissed.